So in our first student podcast, recorded on May 20th, 2020, we have Suji, Anud, and Mekjot. And they're going to share their story and their travels and their struggles up until this point and the COVID pandemic. And also their concerns about the uncertainty moving forward in the future and what that looks like in terms of a student's perspective. So I invite you to listen in to what they have to say. All right. So welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for spending the time with us this afternoon on what is a beautiful sunny day outside. If people aren't aware, hopefully it's a sunny day wherever you are. We've got a new panel, new new question, and the, today's topic is going to be about the uncertain future. So, but let's first by getting to know our panelists a little bit more. And Suji, we're going to start with you. Tell us about yourself. Okay. So uh, I'm Suji. Uh, I'm in Biomed. And uh... Uh, like most of us, I am going in a third year. And so far, the experience environment has been, honestly, it's been challenging. And in high school, we expect going into this new program that, you know, it's, it's going to be something that we enjoy completely. And to be honest, for me, my experience has been, there's some things I haven't really enjoyed, but I'm still putting through with it. And there's some things that have been really challenging. And oftentimes, I'd, I'm just, you know, it's really like demotivating sometimes, but I'm still putting through with it. And I hope that a third year has a bit more positivity to it for sure. Can I ask you a question? Is yeah. it the challenge that you find humbling or is it, do you, do you like challenge? It's just that you feel like maybe you haven't been rewarded for all your efforts so far. I feel like challenge is definitely good, but honestly, when things get really, really hard to a point where you're just, you just hit like a road and you can't, you sit like an obstacle and you just can't uh, like overcome it. That's when it gets demotivating. And there's been courses where I've just, just like, this is so hard and I just can't, I don't know if I can do this, but I guess the one thing that's been driving me is the fact that, you know, I signed up for this and this is what I'm doing right now. And I like what I'm doing. I like most of what I'm doing. It's just sometimes it can get a bit challenging. So I'm going to be honest with you. No, I had that same experience as an undergrad and uh, yeah. we could, we could talk just about that for hours, <laughs> but, but we won't because we're talking about the future, not the past. So Anud, what about you? Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, hey guys, my name is Anud. I'm going to my third year in biology. I'm not, currently pursuing any minor or anything. I'm just sticking to my biology major because like Suji said, it has been pretty hard so far. And there have been some courses that I've just like absolutely loved and like the instructors who were teaching it and like the curriculum itself. But then there were some courses that kind of like kicked my butt and I wasn't really expecting it. And obviously I know like when I came into university, I didn't expect it to be like a walk in the park, like high school sometimes for some people, but I guess I didn't realize how challenging it would be. And like, I learned a lot about myself that I didn't think I would learn. So I'm still getting used to the whole undergrad process, but I think it's a little bit better than I was two years ago. <laughs> and actually that is, I think the best thing that can come from any undergrad is you understand who you are at the end of it. So that's awesome. Mekjot, tell us about you. Um, so I'm in biology as well, and I'm going to third year along with the other panels. But honestly, just like any other person going from high school to university, I felt like the jump was really difficult. Like I had to fix my study habits. Like I had to do so much. I had to work on my extracurriculars. And I was just, I think the whole with the challenge and like the difficult classes, like I remember first year I was struggling so much with like physics and like chemistry. And it's just those subjects are my challenges but I think with like the right professors and the right help and the right TAs during labs and everything it's so much easier like I felt I found myself if I had a proper TA that was good throughout the labs and a really good professor where I could go to them during office hours and actually feel comfortable I felt way more inclined to ask questions during class if that makes sense. Sure. No no it makes perfect sense I was just as you were asking I was like 
I don't think any of you, maybe a nude once came to office hours, but I don't think otherwise you ever went to my office hours. So yeah, like, I, I was like, wait in the hallway because I was like too shy to like. Yeah, I was so intimidated. I was. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's, before we get into the future, how much of the past, because you do have a little bit of seasoning, each of you, right? How much of the past do you take responsibility for as opposed to the situation? So does it like, I, I don't get me wrong. I know undergrads are hard. I failed a couple courses, including the one that I taught you. <laughs> and I also came very close on many others. And my cumulative like average, because we didn't use GPAs at Waterloo, was four, 63%. So I understand what it's like to struggle throughout undergrad and, and recalibrate because we were all good in high school. Like everybody who goes to university was good in high school. So Suji, we're going to start with you. How much of that, now that you have a little bit more je ne sais quoi wisdom, do you say is the topic and then how much of it is because you haven't maybe did the things you might do in the future yeah for sure you're, you're asking how much of the challenges like that i'm responsible for do you think my experience yeah. i'm responsible for okay yeah and, and i guess and i don't I, responsible sounds like a, a cold mean word to say but i mean like how yeah. when we take ownership of the situation yeah how much how much of this ownership falls on us no, completely. I can sit here and just just ignore the fact that I'm not responsible for this, but truth be told, I am most half the time because I feel that my work ethic can definitely be improved. That's something I that you know definitely could be better. Because uh, I feel like in high school, I remember when I was when we were in our bio class and our chem classes, our teachers would kind of tell us exactly what to write and note take while they're writing, and kind of it's kind of like they they kind of spoon fed us. So when I got to university and I'm in class writing notes, like I, I, I don't, sometimes I get caught behind or like a prof will say something and I'm like, what, what's that? And then progressively it will just become a deeper, deeper hole. Well, like, you know, I just, uh, if you understand one concept then you understand the next concept and then just like progressively just, you know, just gets pretty hard in that. But uh, most of the time, I think the challenge has been my work ethic for sure. That stuff is make improve on. And I think that that reflection is, is like really important because as you know yourself, you're going to know your limits. And maybe one of the things I tell all of my students now, like transferable skills are, are still one of the most important things that you can get from an undergraduate degree. So communication, teamwork, collaboration, social cultural awareness, commitment, hard work, like those things. And one of the things that as, as we're learning ourselves is that some things that we, maybe we're in the wrong subject, maybe we're doing the wrong thing, right? And all of this sort of integrates into becoming a better you once you self-reflect, which I think mm -hmm. is the, the key thing. Anud, what about you? How much of this do you, do you take ownership for? Well, it's actually funny that you asked this question because I guess after first year when I like sat back and I kind of like looked at every, like my entire school year, I wasn't really taking ownership and responsibility for a lot of the things that I personally think I went wrong in or like things that I could have done, but I didn't. But sitting back now and looking at first and second year, I'm like, wow, there were so many things that I was doing wrong that I kind of like always knew in the back of my head, I would like, I could be doing more. I should be doing more. I could fix this. I could fix that. But I just kind of like always ignored. And I think like, as far as it comes to like taking responsibility of the things that I, you know, like, like things like setbacks and challenges for myself, I think I would take responsibility for a lot of it just because I feel like I've stopped myself from a lot of things. Like, like you mentioned, like even just me, like not going to office hours enough and not putting myself out there to even just go and like collaborate with my peers when they're asking you questions or like communicate with other classmates if I'm confused about something I feel like I kind of stop myself with that 
And it definitely was a setback because who knows, like I could have done a lot better in specific courses that I thought were a lot challenging. And like like Suji said, like I do think my work ethic could definitely be fixed. Like I feel like sometimes I'm doing more mostly passive learning rather than active learning. And that's something that I learned after a second year. When I sat back, I was like, okay, well, this technique didn't work for me before when I tried it, but it kind of worked now. But if I modify it like this and like that, then it, it can really work for me kind of thing. So yeah, so it's still like a work in process, like progress, I guess. But I definitely do take a lot of ownership for a lot of the things that have been challenging or a setback for myself. Very cool. Mac Jot, what about you? Honestly, I can say that I have a lot of responsibility to take throughout how I did in undergrad because in high school, we did get spoon-fed a lot. I remember my grade 12 bio teacher was telling us how our grade 11 bio teacher was spoon-feeding us, and he was teaching us actually how university is. And I should have known from then because the multiple choice he would give, I was like, the whole class would struggle. And I was like, I should have known then. But then I would go into undergrad and I wouldn't like I wouldn't want to ask Prof's question because I would be scared myself to ask because I didn't want to sound like not intelligent in a way and not want to like make myself look lower in a sense. And that's like the wrong way to think. I should be going to office hours. I think I did go to office hours for general chemistry too. And that was actually good because I actually learned a lot and I felt really comfortable with my professor. And I feel like I should have done that more in second year. And Honestly, I would always make myself like think that I can do less studying. Like I would go to dinner or go to lunch with my friends when I knew I could have used that time to study. And I feel like a lot of people do that in their undergrad because they don't realize that these years are really, really crucial for like postgrad. No matter what you do, you can do be like in business and still need to do well in your undergrad. And I just think more people should know that. And that's how I should take responsibility because in that time I was going out and everything, I could have worked on my study habits because like I said before, my study habits have been struggling, but I feel like this year I've found more into my study habits than in first and second. So I just think that the more time I had to study, I could have done that. And the more time I could have had to be one-on-one with my professors, like going to office hours with you, Brian, I could have done that more, but sometimes intimidation got in the way for me and I should have fixed that as well. So what happened for all of you? <laughs> this is mostly just my curiosity now. Why did the intent, you're, you're, you signed up for a podcast with me. <laughs> so why, what, what has happened since the day you left till now that you're able to, to do this? So Sujit, what, where, where, like, again, you, I don't think you came to office hours, right? So, yeah. but now you volunteered for this, like when I made yeah. the call. So what changed in your life that now you are, you're, you're reaching out, you're, you're, you're at taking this step. I remember, I remember you telling us at the start of organic, you're like, if you don't put yourself out there, then you know, no one's going to know you. And I feel like, you know, in undergrad, the most important thing is to, is to get yourself out there and have yourself known in general, right? But the thing with office hours, I think I was, honestly, it was, it was a lot of nervousness because I thought if I came and maybe asked like a, like a stupid question. I know no questions are stupid, I know. Like, but I feel like if I ask the question that maybe I'll seem less intelligent, I guess. And it, just, it was just a nervousness and coming to a professor and asking the question, I guess. But uh, this podcast, I mean, I wanted uh, third year to be like the year where I actually get myself out there and get involved because I realized that we're kind of approaching the end and I never undergrad career. So I halfway feel like, through. Yeah, we're halfway through. So yeah. if I don't get myself out there right now, then I don't think I'm ever going to. So that's why I signed up for this. I'm like, this is, might be a starting point right now. Since we are in quarantine, we're, it might be like the, like the step in the door, the foot in the door. I love it. I love it. I knew what about you? I think personally for me the biggest thing that kind of like stopped me or like didn't make myself so out there was 
like obviously intimidation but I also just kind of didn't want to say something like dumb or ask something dumb just because like when I would go into office hours like the one or two times that I did go all of like my peers like kind of seemed like they had their like you know like they just kind of like had their like things together they knew what they were talking about they knew what questions they were asking and like it was just like one like minor thing that they kind of just need your guidance with whereas with me I would go into office hours with like a very like very very confused like confusing question I didn't even know how to approach it kind of thing so I didn't want to like go and ask a question where everyone kind of looks at me and is like really like were you even paying attention in class sort of thing and obviously like I know it doesn't matter because like you're you're a professor you're there to help us but it was also like imitate imitate intimidation from the professor as well and another thing was like is, it, is that the right word I'm just wondering because intimidation is like when I actively intimidate you right like when I and I wonder, like, is this not more about fragile egos? Because at the end of the day, if you if you don't want to look stupid, that has nothing to do with intimidation. That has like that has that's you not wanting to look stupid. It's like it's yeah. you know I, I think I've said this in class. It's kind of like vanity, right? Yeah, I would say it's more of like you would just like let's say like let's say I say something like oh like what is the E two reaction if you like explain that in class and then you're like. Like what? I literally just went over that in class today. Kind of thing. It's kind of like it, obviously you're not purposely doing this, and I don't think you've ever done this with a student. But I just I was scared. I, I guess I the the term for it is more scared than intimidated by you because I was just like scared. Like oh, what if Brian says this? Oh, what if Brian thinks this? And that's another one of the things I learned about myself. I overthink and compare myself to my peers a lot, and that definitely got in the way of like getting closer to you or even peers for this year at least. That's good feedback. And so what made you jump into this? Now you're doing this, you, you put yourself out there. What, why the change? I think, honestly, like if I'm being super, super honest, I feel with this, it's not so much like judgment from anyone, like anyone else on the panel or even from like you yourself. Whereas I felt like if I asked, like if let's say right now you were teaching me like organic chemistry too, I honestly, like if I'm being honest, I don't think I would be as outgoing as I was to like sign up for all of this and stuff. But I guess now I'm looking at you as more of like a friend rather than as like a professor, which I know I should like stop doing that and like consider all my process friends, which is like something that I'm trying to work on. Yeah, and I mean, certainly they're your peers, right? At the very least, like you may, like, like they, everyone says be friendly but the idea is that you can't be on pedestals we can't be you can't be worried about what we think right like as adults we have to be worried about our own personal growth and not where we're at so mechjot what about you what do you what how did you make this transition to joining up for the podcast honestly i haven't done much extracurricular since first year and i just thought i had to get out of my shell one day or another i need to get closer with my professors and everything and even though i already took the class with you i just really want to get close to you as in a student professor basis and honestly i can say that you were one of my favorite profs because learning organic chemistry i was so bad in high school i think it was one of my weakest subjects but with you, I learned it really, really well. And I'll, I was thinking to myself that if I can learn organic chemistry and other stuff from my professor, I can also learn other like life lessons and other stuff with my professor as well. And I was also thinking like first year me year would never get close to my professors because I was just thinking like, honestly, I should just keep on this basis, just learning from them. But growing up and even with my sisters telling me it's better to be on a one-on-one basis with your professors because it just opens up many opportunities for you, just like this podcast. Like this podcast is going to help me like want to work with more professors in a sense. No, I I completely agree. Yeah. And it just helped me a lot. And like, I remember I did ask a question in class once and even then it took me so much to do it, even though you are a very comfortable professor to talk to. It was just like, 
my friend, even what Anud said, like I would be studying with my friends in the science lounge and they would know like retrosynthesis to the T and everything. And I was still so confused about the forward and backward steps. And I was just like, even like in front of my friends, if I'm shy, how am I going to go up to a professor and ask, right? So that's where I had to make that jump and had to break down that barrier. Awesome. Okay. Well, you're all here and you're all part of a much bigger team and family now. So you've made the step. Let's talk about the future because it looks like everyone's doing some great self-reflection. What, I guess one of the things that concerns me, and, and just so that you know, you won't see the same concern because you, you, you were a student as opposed to being a professor. This semester, it worked out okay because for my group that I was teaching in the fall or sorry, in the wintertime, I started with them and they knew who I was. They understood my, my demeanor and my behavior and I knew who where they were and I understood their behavior. And so we could finish those last three weeks of the semester off. And it was a fourth year course. So we didn't even have a final exam. We had like a project that they had to do. But what, it, what surprised me was the project. So I, it was only like a small group. Only 25% of the people did the project. So that to me, like it was, it was to make a video lecture. So they were going to give a lecture and not live, but just make a video and send it to me. And that blew my mind because it was worth 26% of their final mark. And 75% of the people in the class decided not to do it. So <laughs> I was like, what? And so, I mean, they got their assigned grade that they had earned up until that point. None of them had failed, but they obviously were going for this CSD credit or whatever. So I guess what I'm trying to figure out, and maybe you can help me because we're going into the fall and we'll talk about that uncertainty in a second, but what worked in terms of online and what didn't work? And so maybe Suji, we'll start with you. What worked about the online environment and what didn't work? And, and by the way, it's, it's yeah. sorry to interrupt, but it's for you, right? Like, so what worked for you? Like I said, it's going to be obviously it, it, not absolute terms, but just what worked for you and what didn't work for you. Yeah, different props had their uh, ways of like, doing the online stuff. And some props did post PowerPoints with like enhanced notes and stuff and other props. I don't think, I don't think any of my props posted. Uh, I, okay, one of my props was on the videos for the winter semester. And I found that I'm going to use Spring as an example right now because both my profs, they, are, they're, they post lecture videos. And I find that lecture videos are really, really helpful because like, like I said before, like when you're in like actual lecture and like you're writing notes and a prof says something and you don't catch on, it's just like, it's very like, like they move really, really fast. But I feel like when they post a lecture, you can learn on your own, you don't understand something, you can just rewind. And you know, I was able to just like actually take my time and understand every single concept that he, that he was teaching. And I find that that's some really improved my understanding of it everything that I've learned so far in the spring semester, at least, because I'm able to learn at my own pace. And I found that the, uh, the profs supposed to be enhanced lecture notes. It wasn't as helpful as I thought it would be. It just, it just, uh, Can I ask you a question when you say enhanced, yeah. do you mean like it has a clickable link in it or what is like, an enhance? So, yeah. So like we had a, they had, the, they had a PowerPoint and you know, like a notes section at the, at the bottom, they'd have like ah. notes regarding that slide. And it's not as helpful as I thought it would be. And mostly like I had to teach myself, which was on, which is where most of it. So that was the unfortunate part. So I really felt like lecture videos in the online were very, very helpful, but if they weren't posted, I didn't really, yeah, it was really hard for me to study for sure. Cool. And I think, I think I heard that, that it was a, something that somebody said earlier too, that the videos, even though it's not active, like you're not there in the room with the people, you can yeah. always replay the situation. And from our perspective as an educator, it's easy with Zoom because everything can get recorded while I do it the first time. So it actually, it, it makes sense. I knew what about, what about you? What worked for you and what didn't work for you? I would say it was actually the opposite for me. 
So video lectures just were not engaging for me at all, just because I felt like I would be watching it and then I, my mind would start zoning out or I just wasn't really understanding specific concepts, especially when it's more of like, not so much of an application-based course, but more of like a memorization, like let's say like some sort of biology or something, right? Like something that I really need to understand and then memorize for in that sense, like in those kinds of courses, like video lectures and even like recordings or anything. Like if it was like a Zoom call and the prof was just reading off the slides, that was just very not effective for me. But I learned that I think the best way for myself is an engaging lecture. So let's say if if it is PowerPoints, then one of the slides in between will just be like a multiple choice question based on something that was like taught like the, uh, the slides above. And in person as well, like I remember even in organic chemistry, like you would ask a question to the class. And even though it was like, there would be an awkward silence sometimes because people didn't really know the answer, that would be like my time to kind of see like, do I understand what he's saying? Like, am I able to apply this when he's not telling me what to do or he's not explaining a specific thing? Just really test myself. And so I realized that I can do video lectures, but I just need to pause like halfway through and then sort of make up a question for myself or make up a question that I would go and ask the professor and see if I can answer that myself. So I guess like in that way, I guess video lectures do but don't work. But I know just regular like plain old like presentation like PowerPoints just do not work for me at all. And I think so. So you would really benefit. I actually I like this idea that you ask and answer your question, but then you do need office hours like you need somebody to talk to about your idea, right? Yeah, like I, I need a professor to like confirm if I'm on the right track because I don't want to stay here and be like, okay, well, the mitochondria does this, but on the other hand, it's like it actually is not doing anything of that sort. So definitely actually knowing the right answer would be helpful. So I guess in that sense, I could just really email the professor if I wanted to know. But then again, I know the professors are constantly getting emails and stuff. So I don't want to be bombarding them every time I have a question. So I guess maybe some sort of like platform or some way to figure that out would be effective. Yeah. You know, I know it's funny. And I, I think this is actually something to do. I'm, and I'm totally going to do this. Maybe I'm still, I'm still thinking it through because I despise talking on the phone. Like I used to, I used to despise it, but now that we're doing all of this online connecting and sometimes, you know, just picking up the phone and calling someone is so fast, right? Like, and so what I'm, I think I'm going to do, and I might regret saying this or even thinking this, is I'm going to have my class, I'm going to give them my phone number. And during these times during the day, they can call me like if they have a question, because I think it would be so much easier than email because email yeah. and and sucks like because if I have to send you you have to carefully word a question but I still don't understand that we have to go back and forth it's just but a, a phone call I'll be like or or here let's go to zoom and I'll show you and we'll share the screen or something right like it just oh to me it means so much more and I think that might help I don't know would you guys feel more comfortable about phoning someone yes. than going to their office hours though I just, I think it would work for me just because like, it's not so much face to face. So even if I do ask you a question, that's something that like you taught in class like 20 minutes ago and you do roll your eyes or like, you're like, okay, well, I just taught her, but I, I doubt you will, but I won't. <laughs> no, I, I think I do do that sometimes. And I, and I, and as you say this, and I know you're, you're saying it carefully and I actually do think I roll my eyes sometimes. So I got to be careful about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, and I don't blame you. Cause it's like when you sit there and you work on something for so long and for years and someone comes and asks you like the most like basic generic question and you're like, okay, what? So I guess if like, if it's something that I don't like something I don't know won't hurt me. So right now you could yeah. be like rolling your eyes or being like, okay, well, what is she talking about? And I wouldn't know. You know what I mean? So I guess, I guess phone calls would work. Yeah. So less judgy. It'd be less judgy. I also think it would be better too, because we're not going to, for people who won't have that one-on-one -on -one experience, 
it does give us a little bit of experience with our with our students, right? Because we're not going to be face to face anymore. So what's the next best thing? It's probably the phone call. Mekja, what what worked for you and what didn't work for you? Honestly, I can say that I'm in the middle of both because I just think it depends. I'm taking two liberals right now for my spring semester online. And I just think it's so much easier online than me going into a class and actually learning it. But when it comes to like biochem, organic chemistry, and like all these other courses, I think I need to hear the professor's voice in front of me. And I need to be able to make eye contact with them or be like, even during our 10 minute breaks, go up to them and ask them a question. Because I just think those since those courses are so crucial for me and my post-grad and like all that I just think it would be better if I had someone in front of me teaching it if that makes sense because I even for biochemistry we had our recorded lectures and like Anud said I was always drifting off I would go on my phone like all that like I just felt like I could do this after and I just thought that was not the right idea and if I was in class I would have been able to pay attention even more because even in class since there's so many people you can't even talk because someone's gonna say oh can you stop talking or like they're talking too loud so I just think it would be better to be in class for those type of courses but when it comes to liberals and these other courses I'm fine with doing it online very cool very cool just a aside where does everybody live in town and how long was your commute to Ryerson both ways. So if you add it up, Sujit, start with you. It's actually, for me, it's exactly an hour there and back. It's an hour there and an hour back, back home. Where do you live? We live in town? What, what area? I live in Scarborough. So, uh, ah, we're so, in the same uh, hood. Where, where do you live yeah. in Scarborough? Arkham Eglinton. Oh, okay. So I'm at, I'm at Danforth Road and Warden. Yeah. So, I'm so I just have to, yeah. So just a bus of candy and then some subway line two and then line one to Ryerson. So it's exactly an hour. Cool. Have we ever been on the, it takes me longer than an hour sometimes though. How really? do you do that? Yeah, because so like I have the stop right in front of my house, so I just get on the one sixty or the even like the the, the nine eighty six, and it just takes me straight to Kennedy. And like from there, I can just it's easy just one line to and then get takes me an hour. Yeah, sometimes it takes me less. No, but an hour in one direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So 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 two hours in your day was on. Oh the yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. That's why I was okay. I got you. I am with you. Anud, where do you live in town, and and how long was your commute? So I live in Milton. Oh, so, okay. yeah, I that's, used to that's in, not even town. <laughs> I want to get close to anywhere in Toronto, but I live in Mississauga, but then I moved even further uh, after first semester or after first, after second semester of first year. So my one-way commute is an hour and, and like 15 minutes from the second I leave my house to the second I get to school. So in total, my entire day's commute is like two and a half hours, sometimes more, sometimes less. And did you make use of that time? I try to. So sometimes I'll have like online flashcards um, on like Quizlet or Anki, or I'll have my regular cards and I'll just like be testing myself during that time. But then sometimes like if it's like a really early train, then I'll just take a nap if I wasn't able to yeah. get sleep the night before. So yeah. Fair enough. Mekjot, what about you? Where do you live in town and how um, long was your commute? I live in Mississauga and honestly on the train, I would, me and Anud would normally take the train together because we take the Milton goes. So we would study together. And so that would take like an hour, I think 50 minutes. And then I would always force a new to walk with me from the subway to school. So that would be like 15 minutes, unless we took the subway, which is like five minutes. So I'm laughing right now in case you can't hear me because I was just like, why, why do you force her to? <laughs> why waste the money when we can just take a nice walk, a nice stroll all the way to campus? I don't know. I, because my husband went to Ryerson and he was like, why do you take the subway? You should walk. And I was like, no, you're right. So now I just force everyone to walk with me. But... 
I think my total would be like two and a half hours there and back because it would be the same time going back from Ryerson to Dundas and then Dundas to, sorry, Ryerson to Union, Union to Mississauga. So this is something that I've noticed that I really don't miss. I don't miss the commute at all because that time was, was virtually wasted for me too, right? So now we get all that time back. Let's say we don't, let's say, so just so you know, and I think everyone kind of knows this, that the, it looks like Ryerson, although they've technically given themselves till June 1st to make the decision that everything will be online or sorry, remote, not online in the fall. I mean, other than, I mean, the one pro is that you're going to get your commuting time back and you're not going to save money on the Milton Go or, or your Presto card. So, but what, what are your concerns about the fall and uh, what lays ahead for us so so do you g we'll start with you yeah uh honestly the one thing i'm like definitely worried about is, is how loud they're gonna work because although we can have you know lectures online there's ways to you know proctor quizzes and all that stuff labs it's like it's been such an in-person thing that if we were completely i don't i don't know how it will work completely online so i just hope it, if it if it is some somewhat online i just hope it's not more tedious than it would be like i just hope it's not more tedious than have to do like so much more because it's like because it's a different format, if you know. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, so so labs, yeah, and we're gonna have a chance to redevelop at least labs that you've taken before. Mm-hmm. But you recognize everything is different now, right? Like it, yeah. you can't do the yeah, same yeah, things, yeah. and so. Obviously. And dude, what do you think? What are your big concerns moving forward into the fall? I think for me, it would be the lecture component that I was really struggling with, like with the transition from second semester. So I guess like my biggest fear would be very like passive, non-engaging lectures that I get. And then me like finding the motivation, struggling to like really get myself to get up and watch everything and write everything down. Also like the fear of like falling behind just because I know it is online. I guess it would be easier to give more information since we have a lot more time, since a lot of people wouldn't be commuting and like sometimes like lectures could go a little bit longer than they have to and whatnot. So I guess like I I would just be afraid of like falling behind. And as far as labs go, I wouldn't mind like going in to school just to do the labs and stuff. But I guess like maybe if there was like a online version of doing it, like I remember on mastering chemistry first year, there would be like ways to draw like molecules and stuff. So if there was a way to take like a beaker and stuff and, you know, put this and that and that and, that and see what happens and stuff, I guess that would be a little bit effective. But I guess just yeah. labs and lectures. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I've been playing with, and you're going to get an email about this soon, is this kitchen chemistry, backyard biology, you know, front door physics idea where you could, you could do a lot of these things at home if you do it creatively. You wouldn't have the same beaker, but why do you need a beaker when you have a mug, right? Like, why, like they're the same, it's just a vessel that holds a liquid. So there are some pretty cool things I think that we can, if we get rid of the box, we can do. I think, I mean, I think you alluded to it. Maybe the social aspect is something that we're going to miss too, right? Like having somebody else struggle beside you or seeing somebody across the room drop a piece of glassware and be like, oh, that sucks. I'm glad I'm not them. Like, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, we don't get those anymore, right? We don't get to, we don't, I guess we don't get to compare and, and also suffer together in that same regard. We are, but we just can't see it. Mekja, what about you? What are you? What are your big fears moving uh, forward? Like I said before, like since these courses that I'm taking for this fall is crucial, I just feel like I'm gonna fall behind so much when I'm like doing my lectures and stuff like that. And even for the labs, like I want someone there with me, like my lab partner with me, because even during labs, if I don't understand what's going on, like me myself, I start getting stressed out, and I just like start getting like anxious in a way, and I'm like I just don't understand what's going on, and 
my lab partner would be there and try to like tell me what's going on. Like I remember with Anud even during one of our classes, I would always freak out. I would be like, I don't understand what's going on with the lab. And she would call me down and tell me, even with organic chemistry, my partner would do that too. And I just think that if I'm doing my lab online, I feel like I'm going to keep messing up and I keep doubting myself if I don't have someone with me, like you said, like struggling with me or like helping me and rooting me on. But as for the lectures, I just feel like I might zone out. But I think due to this pandem pandemic, we're going to have to adjust some way. And I'd rather do my stuff at home and be safe in a way than go outside and go downtown and all that. Yeah, I agree. And so let's, let's talk about coping strategies. Now. I'm going to mix up the rotation. So I mean, this concern about falling behind and and I do recognize that, you know, you people could always add more content. I don't, just to put your mind at ease, Anud, I don't think anyone's going to do that. I don't think that, the, I don't think from our perspective, because we think you have more time, so we're going to give you more stuff. So don't worry about that. That being said, well, the biggest challenge, and it's a challenge that we can talk about in the future too, is like, if you create an assessment or a test, how do you ensure the integrity of the test so that people aren't copying off one another right like those are the things I think that a lot of people or people my peer group are struggling with and I think in third and fourth year we could be more creative and and how we do final assessments like we could have more project-based assessments as finals like we don't there's no there's no re requirement at any level in undergrad that you have to have a final exam right so but obviously the reason why they do have final exams is because it's easy to mark right? It's harder to mark something that may or may not be subjective. So let, but let's, that aside, let's just talk about you guys. What do you think it is? What's keeping you from staying motivated, staying focused? And, and maybe what, what did you learn about yourself and maybe some ways you can cope when you go to this remote online learning? So I need let's start with you. So I feel like one of the things that I struggle with that I'm learning to cope with is like the fact that I'm at home. Sure, it does save me a lot of time and a lot of money, but I feel like everything is so much more accessible to me now. Like, let's say my desk is literally less than two meters away from my bed. So if I ever just get like lazy during a lecture, I can just hop on my bed and just start watching a lecture there. And then I'll get distracted by my phone or like this. But I feel like if like if the pandemic weren't be happening right now, then let's say I, w I was studying for a course right now, but I took a break and I went out. When I come home now, I'm like, hey, you know what? I got a good enough break. I should start focusing now. Whereas I feel like when I'm at home all day, it's so easy to get distracted by so many small things. And then like I could sit here and do my work for, like 20 minutes and then be like, yep, I did enough. Technically it, it isn't enough. So I think like for myself, when it comes to coping, it's just really being like a lot harder on myself and like being a lot more stricter with like my work ethic and, you know, kind of forcing myself to do things that I don't really want to do. Fair enough. And one of the things um, an earlier panelist said too, that I thought was quite insightful was, often we're hard on ourselves because we didn't complete what we want in a given day. But now we actually have more time than we had before. When you think of the commuting, the fact that a Saturday and, and Sunday really are just another day of the week, they're not even different, right? Like, and so they're all the same days now. So if you normalize, instead of thinking of it as five days, your normal five days, if you normalize that over seven days and include your weekends, you can have off days and it's, it's quite okay. It's just, you, you have to get into a rhythm of not having off days. Suji, what about you? What, what would, what have you, how have you been coping with this and how do you try to stay productive and motivated? Yeah, for sure. I think the, the environment is definitely a big thing. Cause like when you go to school, you're in that environment where you're, you're you have to go to these, you know, like scheduled lectures and you have to pay attention for the hour and all that stuff. So I feel like when I'm at home, I have like on my phone, I have my TV, I have all this stuff where I can just like, just easily get distracted by it. It's just, sometimes it's, I'll be watching a lecture and like, I'll just go on Instagram and scroll through Instagram. It's like, it's, it's definitely very, very distracting. 
uh, for sure. That's when, that's why I feel like uh, live lectures are definitely useful because then it, it's, I, I know it's not the same thing as like going into an actual lecture hall, but it, at least it, at least it kind of, kind of forces you in a way to actually pay attention instead of when it's asynchronous, when you're forced to do it on your own time, I feel like it, I get easily distracted like that. But uh, in terms of coping, uh, I feel like since we have so much time right now, when I do do something productive uh, during the day, even if it's just watching a lecture or like doing a reading, I feel like it definitely makes your day feel a lot more productive than if you're just like, just like slacking off and just watching TV or sleeping all day. And I feel like that, like the feeling of productivity is what I think I'm using to cope right now. Okay. So you, okay. So by that reward structure that you get from not being like sluggish, you actually are yeah. using to reinforce. So it's like going to the gym in a way, right? Like yeah. when you go to the gym, you, you get a little bit more energy because you just were at the gym. It's kind of like that pseudo endorphin kind of thing that's cool and, and Mecha, what about you what what uh, what what are, what are you uh, seeing in all this honestly i'm not gonna lie i do get really really distracted with like my online courses right now like right now i just think like anud said like my bed and desk are so close together i just feel like okay you know what i'll go to sleep right now i'll do it in the morning but then i'll wake up late and like i won't get anything done and even my parents they always ask me to do stuff throughout the day and it's just those little distractions, it just like causes me to not do as well as I could in my studies. And like Suji said, going downtown and then going to the SLC and seeing everyone working, it just motivates me to work. Like even now, like I'll just call my friends on video and we'll be on mute just working, just so I'm motivated. And I just feel like online working isn't that effective for me. And I'd rather be in a lecture. And the way I'm coping with it is just trying to keep myself busy. So I'm doing more throughout the day, like doing the Sci 999 course with you. I'm also volunteering, doing my courses. I'm also starting to work out, but I get way too lazy for that. But that's <laughs> the only way I'm trying to cope with it. But that's about it. So, so yeah, so one of the things I, I had a rise and match course, that was the course that I sort of advertised to you guys. And they some people did, we ended offline. Anyway, it was really good. But the the, the idea that you create a list is always a good idea, like a list of action items. Don't beat yourself up if you don't get that list done. But checking things off lists is, a, is sort of what Suji was meant, is really kind of awesome. You're like, oh, I, I nailed it. And then you give yourself a little reward. And you're like, well, what's next on my list, right? It's kind of, it's, it's, it creates that same sort of environment that you kind of, when you see everyone studying, that you're, you, you get a, a reinforcement. And the other thing is you have to, and this is something my partner taught me, and we're still trying to fill creative space for her. You have to create an isolated space. So it can't be in your room where you study, right? You have to find like, and one of our earlier um, panelists said that she, and I like this idea that they went to the, she put her, they never use their basement for anything. It's a shitty little spot, but they put her desk, they put a desk in the basement for her so that when she, she could work, that was her place of work. And then when she went to her room, that was her room, right? So you kind of psychologically separate your spaces in your, in your building so that they don't blend in, into that behavioral change, right? Like they actually, it's a different environment, different outcome. And so that's might be two things to do. And then just like going to the gym, the study buddy, the study buddy is a great idea, right? And you sort of mentioned that you go online with a group of people yeah. and you kind of, it's like going for a run together with people, right? You, you, yeah. you form a group and you say, look, we're going to do this today. We're not disconnecting until we're all done. If I see anyone leave their room, we're, <laughs> they're going to be hell to pay, right? Like that kind of reinforcement yeah. is always a really good strategy too. So those are good. So I, I would encourage you guys to all try to find those spaces too. Yeah, even when I would um, say, like, I'm done, like, I'm going to sleep, my friends would tell me, no, you're going to keep finishing, you're finishing, like, 
And then that's like a great thing too during this online process is having that motivation from like people around you. Yeah, awesome. I feel like when you have someone to keep in check, that's like the, the most like amazing thing because like you can't slack off because someone is actually holding you accountable. And I feel like that's what really helps me too. To someone yeah. just you know, help me check, keep in check. Yeah, it's all good stuff. All right, but let's, uh, I know some of you have courses, so I have to let you go, but um, I really enjoyed this, but let's get some parting shots. Okay, so this is what I want you to finish. One little final thought here. What would you have told yourself six months ago? No, let's say five months ago. So the start of the new year that really would have helped you improve your situation now. So what piece of advice would you have given your five month younger self? Everybody got an answer? Okay, I'll start. Honestly, I think everyone has this at the beginning of the year, the like new year, new me, I'm going to do way better in school, way better in this, way better in that. But I just think that we just do that to make ourselves mentally feel better. And I remember I was doing that at the beginning of the year. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do better in my work. I'm going to do better in my like working out, doing better, like volunteering and stuff like that. And then the pandemic hit. And even the beginning of the year, we had a lot of those scares, like when there was almost another war and stuff like that. So those type of stuff inc- discourage us because we just feel like no matter what we do, there's always going to be stuff going on in the world that hesitates us and pauses us from our reality. So me, myself, after the pandemic hit, I just got so unmotivated. And I just felt like since nothing's going back to normal that I can just slack off a little bit. But if I could give myself advice five months ago, I would just tell myself to keep going and to keep studying and keep working hard, even though it seems that the world is working against you. It's just better to work hard in the moment so it pays off in the future. Perfect. Suji, yeah, go ahead. For sure. Uh, I feel like uh, for, for me, I find it for me personally, when I exercise or work out, I feel like when you get into that habit of doing something like doing something like healthy for yourself, then you start to eat better. And then on, on top of that, then, you may, then you're more motivated to start doing work and all that stuff. And I feel like when you get into that habit, you're less likely to be lazy. I feel like when I get into a habit where I'm just so lazy, I just slack off, procrastinate, do all this stuff. It's really bad. But when at least if you do something, even if it's small, even if it's as a good cleaning the house that day or, or like making your bed in the morning, all these small stuff add up and it's like you feel more productive. So I feel like uh, for me, I would have told myself to definitely be consistent and doing things that make me feel productive every single day. Awesome. Anud? So if I were to go back and tell myself something that could possibly change where I am now, I think I would tell myself to really stay motivated and to follow the stuff I set for myself. And it's okay if I don't achieve it like 100%. Like it's okay if I don't get the GPA that I wanted. It's okay if I, you know, like if I had like five things for the day and I only did four, because I think I beat myself up a lot about that. And then when it got to a point where I was like constantly beating myself about it, then I started to get really unmotivated. So I would say just like keep working hard. And like, you know, what I mean, like at the end, like you can study hard now, focus on what's at hand now. And then you have like four months to relax after. Obviously, this is if the pandemic wasn't happening. But I would just say like stick to your schedule, really focus on the things that you said would be your New Year's resolution. So like working out, eating healthier, sleeping better, waking up early, like things like that. And then afterwards, it would, you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, 10,000 steps a day, which is just 90 (laughs) minutes of nonstop walking, by the way. So Sujita, I haven't made up to your neighborhood yet, but I literally will point in any direction and I will walk for 45 minutes and then walk 45 minutes back. Like literally, like I've been to Eglinton from where I live, Eglinton and uh, O'Connor, like way up there, like just like, and I just go in all directions. Anyway, it's a great way. You know what? I want to end on with one more question because we have a couple more minutes before I can let you go. What has been your silver lining in all of this so far? So what, what, what good has come 
out of all of this in, in your life that you can sort of pinpoint? Anud, let's start with you. One of the silver linings that I like discovered for myself is that now that I have a lot more time, I'm spending a lot of that time on a lot more self-care and a lot more like mental health that I really was ignoring during the school year and kind of like saying like, oh, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with that later. But eventually it gets to a point where it's like too much to handle. But I feel like now I'm taking the chance to kind of step back and like putting myself first before anything else. And during this time, I've also been able to get into some of the things that I loved doing before I even started university. So like I, I love doing DIY projects like, you know, painting or even sewing. And like I'm trying to pick up a lot of new skills. And then through this as well, I was able to get some volunteering opportunities. So like helping seniors with like technology, like working like Facebook and WhatsApp, like things that are so easy to us aren't that easy for others. So I kind of just had that realization that I should use this time to help others when normally I wouldn't really have this time. So there's a few things that have that have been good out of all of this. Yeah. Awesome. Mechjot, what about you? Honestly, I just started working on myself more and I've always throughout the year I've been saying I'm going to fix this, fix that, fix that. And I started right now during the pandemic is refurnishing my entire room and that Honestly, that felt really, really nice for me because I was kept putting it off and I didn't really have a desk in my room. So I'd always be studying on my bed, which was a major downfall whenever I was studying because I just fall asleep or I was studying in the kitchen. But that's where everyone is in my family. So I was like eating or like the living rooms right beside it. So I just felt like doing that really helped. And even now I'm starting to take care of myself more, just like a new saying, like, like I would do stuff like I'm doing skincare, like I'm starting to learn how to cook more stuff, like just doing little things that I wouldn't have time to do throughout the day if we were in school right now, because the commute would take up most of the day. And then after that, I would be sleeping or I would be doing work. So I just think the little things I'm doing right now is actually really helping. And it's mostly the silver lining for what's going on. Awesome. Suji, what about you? Yeah, the fact that we have like, like, like these two said, the fact that we have so much time right now, it's like we like actively trying to find things to do whether it's like you just like I'm, I feel like I'm like now since I have so much time I'm just looking for things to do and opportunities to partake in whether that's like this podcast or like a volunteer opportunity that you can do like next year for example and it's just like even small things like just like yeah you know and one of the things I think that's really important when we do this is that I mean you guys have all alluded to this and in, in your timing and what you want to do but you, you really want to like create so one of the things I tell everybody is that when you leave school there is no structure to your life anymore right like all you know is school because up until now you've had that structure from fall to whatever going to school, but that doesn't exist once school's done. When that structure goes away, you need to find your new joys, create your new habits and find a new structure that works for you. And so that to me, I think is a really awesome opportunity now to find that new structure that works for you because in a few years, <laughs> you'd be going through this same crisis even if we weren't in a quarantine. Right. And so now's a great time to do it because we can all come out of this together. Team, thank you so much. We're going to get you back on the pod. It's going to, it's inevitable. We'll have a different topic, a different sense, and we'll have different uh, opportunities, but it is now time for you guys to go to class or at least Suji has to go to class. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate your opportunity to be with you today. And, and thanks for, for joining me. Thank sure. you. Thank, thank you. you so much for having us. <laughs> for sure. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Um, in the meantime, stay safe. Okay. Bye, Brian. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. That was a great story of how three students have had their struggles throughout their undergrad, and yet they're still finding the silver lining in all of this as we try to get through this together. And it's just another reminder about how 
we all need to work a little harder to try and find the time or create the time to have better learning moments. And so with that, I bid you adieu for podcast number one and look forward to you joining us again soon.